0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Why don't you come on in and find a spot? Max his insta. Yeah. All right, and we are in the beginning of the Advent calendar. Um, our good friend John Norton has uh, encouraged us to to understand this and to 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 uh, to appreciate it. And uh, why why don't we stand? We're gonna get ready for worship here. So. Um, This is a great time. This is um, the coming of Christ, the celebration of his birth, and we wait expectantly with hope for for that day to come and also to to celebrate his birth. So I'm going to just read a a quick scripture for you um, as we enter into worship here. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Well, Lord, we just, we thank you for that promise. Lord, we thank you that that we were born under the law, but your grace came in like a flood. And so here we are this morning. God, we, we wait for you. We, we wait to celebrate you, but we celebrate you every day, Lord God. And as we worship, God, may, may we magnify you. May our soul magnify the Lord this morning. Lord, it is our desire that you would be with us. God, you are always near, but it is our desire to sense your your nearness, sense your presence here this morning. So as we worship, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would dig us up, you would plow new ground, that we may receive your fresh anointing this morning. Amen? Amen? Amen.
1: joy every woman every man this will be a sign to you a baby born in bethlehem and come and worship do not be afraid yes lord company of angels the company of angels and glory in the highest the earth the peace among those on whom, those in whom is favorite. Come and worship. Come and worship. Do, Do not be afraid. My soul, come on, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord, my soul, magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for me. Great things. a child is born unto us the sun is given every heart every heart prepare his throne every nation and every nation under come and worship come and worship do not be afraid my soul oh my soul my soul magnify the lord my soul Magnifies the Lord He has done great things For me Great my soul Oh my soul My soul Magnifies the Lord My soul Magnifies the Lord He has done great things me Great things for me Of His government There will be no end. He'll establish he shall reign, and he shall reign on David's throne, and his name shall be from this day on, wonderful counselor, everlasting, an everlasting father, wonderful, wonderful counselor, and his name shall be everlasting for the earth. My soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. Sing that with me. My soul, my soul. My oh, soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. My soul, magnifies the Lord. He has done great things on me. time. Things for me. Oh, my soul, my soul, magnifies the Lord. My soul, magnifies the Lord. He has done great
0: things. magnify you this morning. Come on, lift up our hands. with their The redeemed declare the love.
1: And we bow down at head. heaven's gate. To kiss the feet the of the hope and grace. We sing, Lord, we sing. Who, Who is this King, King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Who is this King, King of glory? The Lord, one God. He is holy. There is one Lord over everything. There is one King. He is Jesus, King of glory. You are the King of Glory, the Lord strong in mighty. You are the King of Glory, the Lord strong in mighty. You give
0: life you
1: give life you are loved you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore Shout your praise this morning. Come on, let's do this together. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Come on. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will say, Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. I feel like I'm gonna
0: sing a song right now. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? You, you want to grab this <laughs> one? This is my wireless.
1: All right, this one goes out to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, gosh, it's been a while <laughs> since I've had a mic in my hand. Um, so, uh, the high school group has still been meeting, and uh, we have been thinking about ways to serve and to um, get outside of ourselves. And so, we have some ideas, and I want to bring up Amy and Naomi to deliver that message. Give them a round of applause.
2: So,
0: a year and a half ago, the youth group got to travel to Costa Rica and serve alongside a group called Boy with the Ball. Boy with the Ball is working to empower marginalized youth to overcome obstacles and cultivate conscious families at risk. We are looking, like David said, to serve again as a youth group this Christmas season, and so we thought it would be really cool to be able to serve Boy with the Ball once again. So the way that we wanted to do that is next Sunday and the following Sundays after church, we're going to be having a hot beverage station by the garden over there. And we're going to have cocoa and coffee um, and just to support them. And so basically the way they're doing it is $10 equals a brick for their new building. So their goal as Boy the Ball is a thousand bricks and we want to try to help them get there. So we look forward to seeing you next Sunday for coffee after church.
1: Yeah, and it'll be COVID safe. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I'm
2: done.
1: Yep, kids will be wearing gloves.
2: It'll be really safe. Jack Norton, take a bow. Would you stand up? Good to see you. Welcome back home from Baylor until after Christmas. And I know he's so grateful um, to be home for his mom's surgery. And according, everything went well, and she's recovering. Thank the Lord for Erica. And so many of you have just surrounded their family with love, which is part of The healing process Um, also our snowbird showed up this week gary and donna urban where are you hey all the way from utah wave a hand raise up that left hand so we know who you are there we go anyway it's really great to see you guys as well the um so i just want to read this first of all it says it was the best of times In short, the period so far is so far like the present period we live in. I want to take us in a little memory lane thing with me. Um, the year is 1972, and I had been out of the jungle about three months in the last year. So I was just home. Why Dudley would ever go out with me, I don't know. But she did. Um, I had a mustache, and like military people, i already started growing my sideburns. You know, trying to get them all filled in to be really hip. And uh, this is a really funny story, so you can laugh along the way if you like. But um, I really wanted nothing to do with God. I really felt like people that were about God were phony. Um, And I thought that I believed in God, but I believed that the important thing is to live your life to the fullest and not sit around some table and talk about Bible stories, but to go out and live it. Of course, I was the biggest phony of all, because when you are judgmental of other people, you're generally trying to get the light off yourself. Like as you try to get on all the phonies in the church, I was the greatest phony of all. But we block that out of our our mind. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, the celebration of Advent is possible only to one who is troubled in soul, who knows themselves to be poor and imperfect, and who look forward to something greater to come. His last Christmas was 1994. 1944, in a prisoner of war camp. He would never see another Christmas. He would be executed by the Nazis. But he had something to look for. The term of Advent means coming, arrival. In Latin, it's Adventus. When we say, um, Oh, come all ye faithful, it's Odeste Fidelis. And when we say, oh, come, let us adore him, we're saying, Venita Adoramos. venito adoremos. Venito adoremos. And it goes on. But we sing, oh, come, let us adore him. So you, David's not singing today, but I am. Um, so Dudley and I started dating. And she had told me she was a Christian. And I, was, I wasn't antagonistic to Christians, but I, I really, you know, whatever. And uh, so, but we went, but what I want, as I look back at my life, the Holy Spirit was working in me when I wasn't giving anybody around me a chance to see that the Holy Spirit was working. So to anybody around me, I look far from God, but they didn't know my whole life in God. And I was, there was an interior thing going on in me that I pushed back. So that I wouldn't be vulnerable about where I was, and I because I felt like if you open yourself up to God, then you're responsible to God for what you open yourself up to. And I wasn't ready to make that change. So anyway, Dudley and I, I asked her out on a date and uh, to the play Godspell. How many have seen that play? How many? Just that many? Okay, it's a play. It's a. It's about Jesus, and it, they do it. It's kind of spoofy part of it, and uh, a strong Christian would generally get offended by it because it, it kind of makes Jesus look a little bit clownish in a few parts. and uh, But so we go to the Fords Theater in downtown D.C., the same theater where Lincoln was shot, a lot of history. So I'm sitting there with my beautiful date, I said, uh, Well, I wonder what this is going to be like. And I had no, I wasn't responding to God. And all of a sudden, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Together, Prepare ye. No, no, you're no. You're looking at me. <laughs> sing with me say it like prepare ye the way of the lord prepare ye the way of the lord okay that went through my soul it started in the back we were sitting they were going down the aisle the whole cast and they were singing it, and then it picked up the tempo. So I told someone later that I really saw God in that play. And they said, no, you didn't. God's not in That was blasphemy, what they did. And I am telling you, God will use a jackass to get through, like with Balaam. He will use the strangest things. And so we serve a God... Who doesn't fit in the boxes we make for him? We try to tame him. I used to have a cartoon on my desk. After many years of all these men are around a box, the greatest theologians in the world have finally figured out how to put God in a box. So that was the beginning of God starting to work on me where I recognized it. Like there was an advent coming. Even when I wasn't walking with the Lord, I always believed there was something more in life than just making money or being famous or having a bunch of good stuff. That there had to be purpose beyond that life. And I remember I lived in a fraternity house and I was telling the guys one night, over a beer or two. <laughs> they drank the beer, yeah, right, right. Um, but I said, you know, there's gotta be a reason in this life that's more important than just, you know, party and graduate and go to grad school and get the house. And I said, and they said, Davenport, you think you're so special? You think you're so special, like there's something really special about your life? I said, yeah, I do, but not because, a lot not in an egotistical way. I believe there's got to be something more. I said, I don't think I'm supposed to join the Peace Corps. I don't know what I'm doing, but there was something planted in my heart about God in an Advent way. This is the first Sunday of what is historically called the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Representing the coming of Jesus into the world. Advent, again, means expectation of both the first coming and the second coming. So I want to talk first about the physical, about him actually coming here. Now, I don't know what you think about that, that God came here. Jesus Christ is completely reveals God in human form. He laid down his glory. I'm going to read a scripture on that later. But it means he came in the flesh. He's the eternal son of God and he took on an additional nature, humanity through a virgin birth. He wasn't born of the, everyone in this room was born of the seed of Adam. My parents, your parents, your great-grandparents were all sinners. The wages of sin is death. And since the beginning of time, everyone that's born dies. But the last Adam was not conceived by the sin of Adam. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, who is God himself, who was without sin. So the miracle of the Incarnation is God comes into this life... And he uses Mary as a vessel to come into this life. And then he humbles himself and he's submitted to all the things and limitations that human beings have. Learning to walk, learning to talk, all those things. He was, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son in Galatians. He never ceased to be God. He did not lose his position or divine attributes. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, if you were God, when you, were, you would have done a lot more miracles, even more than Jesus, because you could just say this and do this. But he was submitted to the Father's will. His purpose was not to put on a show for you and I that we'd think, wow, that's awesome. His purpose was to redeem us. So that we could have everlasting life. How long is that life? Everlasting. He voluntarily set aside all of his privileges to take on human form. No one took his life, he freely gave it. So we have a voice calling in the wilderness. John the Baptist said, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Isaiah talks about it, about proclaiming a path in the wilderness. I want you to hear this description of God. It might be hard to follow. But this is Jesus, this is the Father, this is the Son, this is the Trinity. The Bible tells, uh, tries to tell us in simple language the ultimacy of God. There is none before him. There is none beside him. He takes orders from none. He was created by none. His life is self-existent. There is nothing in him that should be out of him. And there's nothing out of him that should be in him. He he remembers nothing because he's forgotten nothing. He learns nothing because there's nothing he does not know. He does not need to know because he holds all truth simultaneously. He is the God of the eternal now. He can look at human history from the beginning or the end or the middle, all things are made known to him. That's a quote from an, an old preacher that I really admired named Ern Baxter. Reuben knows who I'm talking about. In Isaiah, he says, I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Even from eternity, I am he, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? I won't take the time today. Many of you know some of these things that there's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about Christ and his coming, where he'd be born, and so many fulfillments of those kinds of things. He's, he is. Uh, if you go to India, there's seven different stories of creation. You know, elephants are coming down on mountaintops, all these crazy things. Ours has a genealogy going back to Adam, I think in Matthew, and going back to uh, Abraham in uh, Luke, laying out where he came from. It's amazing. So this is Advent, and my, my question would be for myself and for all of us to anticipate his coming. Not just at Christ- the season, but just, Lord, what are you going to do next? Advent means arrival and coming at the same time. David lost his car keys this morning. Throw him under the bus again. Um, but David, those keys, we're going to find them. We're going to find them. <laughs> They're coming. So the first thing just important is to, if you don't believe in, our whole faith hangs, hangs on the incarnation. If we get that wrong, we get everything wrong, because then we're just going to live a, a life of good works. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be the righteousness of God in him. There was a divine exchange. He alone is worthy. To do this he's the only one that's why he's our savior that's why he's our lord that's why he's king of kings and lord of lords thank you for that amen was that dale yeah. keep coming dale i need to hear that <laughs> the second thing i want to talk about is the reception of christ into the heart of every believer so john 3 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him, now I was trying. What I'm trying to tell you is, I, I, I didn't want to deal with believing or not believing. Back in 1972. But they shall not perish. If we don't believe in Him, we perish. The being a Christian is inclusive and exclusive. Today we're hearing like everybody's in it. Eh, no, there's, there are things shall perish but have eternal life. So the trade-off to believe in Him or rely on Him is eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. He didn't come here to beat us up. But that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in him is not judged. We're gonna have communion this morning, and what it means is all believers here, your judgment is due. You should have been judged, and you were in the waters of baptism, reckoned dead. So, judgment for all your sins fell on your Savior. I mean, at least they're giving me a, a, a something. <laughs> the rest of you are giving me a blank stare. <laughs> he, so, he who believes in is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear his deeds will be exposed but he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds might be manifested having been wrought in God so the issue put that there. the second the first issue is believing that he came in the flesh and was conceived by the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, and he came for us. But the second part is, what do you believe about Jesus? It's like in Matthew, he says, now when Jesus came, Matthew 16, 13 through 20, now Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, people say, uh, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and other Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Kids, who do you say that Jesus is? Kids, we're out there, older kids. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I don't know how Advent worked in my life exactly, where I didn't want Christ, and now I'm the biggest proponent of Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God, that my adult life has been all about Christ. That's why I moved here. That's why I moved to Georgia. That's why I, I, I didn't go to That's why my whole life plan changed because of Christ, who's preeminent above all things. I'm not trying to say I'm great. I'm just saying I don't have anything to do with religion or any of that junk. I don't want to deal with the hypocrisies and the, the little things like that, even though I was a hypocrite. But yet, somehow he came and arrived at the same time in my life and knew how to order my steps, Kevin's steps, to get a hold of me just like he knows how to do that for you. I can't do it through counseling or anything else, but Jesus, the King, can do it. I'll help you with counseling. I'll give you the attaboy. I'll help you get down the road. I need it. You need it. That's fine. But Almighty God is working in your life. Do we understand that? Who came? This God who has no beginning or no end, who is the Word made flesh, who dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Romans 10.10, 10, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that the word of faith which we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confess, confesses, resulting in salvation and verse 11 is one of the verses that i you can stack you can stake your life on this for the scripture says whoever believes in the lord will not be disappointed say will not be disappointed look i know there's disappointments out there covid uncertainty racial tension elections Wars and rumors of wars and all this other stuff. The best of times, the worst of times. The age of wisdom, the age of foolishness, we're living in that. This is, but this is our time, our time to make a difference and not be overpowered by the culture. You were made for this time. I mean, you, you were handpicked. He, I don't know what would have happened if I died in Vietnam in my state. According to my theology, I wouldn't have gone to heaven. But he didn't have me die. He had me live. He even died for the unrighteous. While we were yet sinners. I'll be nice to people that scratch my back. You know, quid pro quo. What if they don't scratch it? And that's when God comes in and takes over our lives. Where's the wise man? This is in uh, 1 Corinthians 1 For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where's the wise man? where's the scribe where's the debater of this age has not god made foolish the wisdom of the world for since in the wisdom of god the world through its wisdom did not come to know god god was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe for indeed jews ask for signs and greeks seek for wisdom but we preach Christ crucified, to Jews a stumbling block, and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those, to you, who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God, which is a perceived foolishness by the world, is wiser than men, and the weakness of God, as a perceived weakness, not weakness, is of God is stronger than men. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You are a dangerous person. You can be. Or you can be Donald Milktoast, afraid of your own shadow. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. Oh, I'm worried about this. Oh, what's going to go? Men and women, not just women, men and women. And it said, the righteous flee I mean, the fearful flee when no one's pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as the lion. Whatever your situation is now, I love it. Matt loves to do this. He's in the back. Good to see you back there. But he's his latest, he sees everything as an opportunity. So I want you to think of your worst situation right now and say, what an opportunity. <laughs> maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a family issue. What an opportunity for God to do something versus it be the heavy yoke of burden and the enemy accusing and nothing's going to work out right, which is false. Third thing I want to say this morning, um, I want to talk about eschatology. Now that's the, the theology of end times. How many have met somebody that understands everything about end times? You haven't? I've met a lot of people like that. They drive me crazy. <laughs> they have charts all across the wall that's going to explain to you exactly what's going to happen. They know the polar ice caps are going to melt and during the tribulation. They know all this stuff. They don't know. I don't mock them. I just say they don't know. He said... It's not for you to know the times or the epics, the seasons. The Father is fixed by his own authority. We can look at the leaves and we can see things, wars and rumors of wars, but he said the time has not yet come. Now here's the the bottom. The truth is um, Jesus Christ is coming back. Now he is coming back. There's no question in my mind about that. So far he hasn't told me when. And there's a lot of people, good Christian people in the in the 1850s, they were called the Millerites. They had like 25,000 out on their knees waiting to be raptured. When it didn't happen, they changed the date. They realized they had the date wrong and they did it again. And the signs would say things like, meeting Thursday night if we're still here. And when I got saved, you know, one of the guys guy was really helpful to me but his bumper sticker said please grab the wheel in case of rapture because (laughs) he's gonna go right through the roof I had somebody else tell me that if Jesus doesn't come back in 1974 he has to come back in 1975 this was a man with a doctorate a preacher a respected man I said well why do you say that because of OPEC Look at the oil crisis. They're going to squeeze the whole world, and then the Antichrist is coming. Well, he was wrong. I talked to Armin Gesswein, who was born in 1905. They were sure that Hitler was the Antichrist. Six letters. H-I-T, L-E-R. He certainly was a type. I, might, I don't want to mess with anybody's theology other than to say... I kind of want to mess with it a little bit (laughs) because we have so much to do now without trying to figure it out. And I know there's ministries that maybe some of you really appreciate that I've really thought this through and I, I I don't cast it all away. I'm just simply saying he's going to come back when he's ready. And my own position... Is been that I think he wants a much bigger harvest than you want. You want to get in trouble with a group of pastors? Tell them that Jesus isn't coming back for 500 years. <laughs> of course, they did think that was going on in the Reformation 500 years ago. And you know why? Maranathas in the New Testament come quickly, Lord Jesus. They thought he was coming right back just when they sent him into town. And then the Holy Spirit fell. He came back. Maybe his house, how, come quickly. They thought he were coming quickly. A Day, this is a thousand years to him. A thousand years is a day. In those terms, it will be quick. And it will be like a thief in the night. He says they will be marrying, like in the days of Noah. We, we 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 missed the first advent. Who figured out that he'd be born in a, in a cave in Bethlehem. Who were the eyewitnesses? A bunch of most likely illiterate shepherds. Talk about humility for the creator of the world. Listen to this in Philippians do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. With humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but uh, emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and those uh, of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's going to happen. And when that happens, we have this volitional time. That right there is not volitional. That's when it's happened. This thing has happened, and when that happens, it may be lo- there may no one in this room may see that. Someone may. He could theoretically he could come back right now. But the early church was poised for the advent, the expectation, the coming, that, that he's coming, and 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 so we're poised that that he's coming again, and we're, we're like he's gone away. We're like the workers in the vineyards that have a responsibility of stewardship, but we don't think he's going to come back soon, so we act a certain way not feeling like we have to give an account. But he is going to come back that way. Is that exciting to you? Yeah. And by the way, when he does, you have eternal life if you believe and have received him into your heart. I want to close with just a thought about for kids, high school kids. I'm so glad you're meeting. But you are in a war for your soul. And you really have to know, you gotta carry your own weight, not your parents. You're old enough. When you're 14 and up, you need to make you need to have your convictions. You can't ride on any coattails and you can't it's not enough to say, well I was raised in a Christian home and I went to a Christian school. It's your time to really rise up. You agree with me, Noah? Is that scary to you or exciting? Both, Both. It's both. you think we got your back on the way? We do. That's what we're going to do. Amen. Okay, um, we're going to have communion now. Pat will come up and John. The tables are back there, and they're in hermetically sealed cartons. The uh, Oh, how are you doing today? Table here, table there. No human hands have touched this communion service except with gloves on. Um, uh, And so there'll be uh, bread inside the cup, and then you can get your wine or your juice in a cup, and then you can bring it back to your seat and just meditate on what we've talked about today. Um, It's so wonderful that the Lord has come for you. And I, I look at it, Jason, I think of you. You were a hard sell. Would you agree? I feel, uh, (laughs) I was a hard sell. And a lot of you are still hard, no. (laughs) Aggressively surrendering to the Lord is the beginning of freedom. And there's nothing in this world that we're taking out of this world. Not our, nothing. Naked we came, naked we go. So this is our time to make a difference for him and there's lots of ways to do that. So I encourage you with that. So let's go ahead Pat, or John. And if you would just Brad, if you'd start it, get the get up and get your the elements. Back there Matt, if you could help out make sure they get the elements. You guys come on, get up. We got a time. This I think this side, maybe from here over. Okay. Thank you. This is in John six forty seven. Truly, truly, when he says it twice, it's, it's, it's for emphasis. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again for us. And on the night of the last supper, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. It's interesting, he chose bread, the most common food in all the world, in every culture. And he said, I'm the bread of life, that we feast on him, we partake of him. And he went on to say that this is the cup of the new covenant, not the old covenant of Moses that was based on works of the law, but a new covenant was coming of grace, where he pays the price, and your sins are washed away because of his blood, not because of your works. And that in doing so, he creates us to live this life of good works for his honor and glory. So as you eat the bread and drink the cup, we're to do this in remembrance of him, and we're proclaiming his death. But his death is not morbid, it's our life. And this is the purpose that he came. And even this morning, our dear Lord sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, absolutely risen from the dead, knowing every hair on every head, knowing everything about what I'm going to say before I say it. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, for us, the unsearchable riches of Christ. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your healing when we go through difficult times. We thank you for your provision when the cupboards bare. We thank you for restoration when meaningful relationships get broken and we don't have any hope for them. We thank you, Lord, for direction when, when everything seems confusing and unclear. And most of all this morning, Lord, we want to say thank you for forgiving us again and again, forgiving our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So as we eat and drink, Lord, we do it in memory of you and in honor of you. Amen. Let's eat. And let's stand. After you eat, you can stand, please. Well, it's been good to be with you today. How about giving a smile to somebody? Max, I'm smiling at you. Good to see you. Todd, smiling at you. Pat's going to lead us in a song. And uh, I wanted to remind you that next week, um, Charles Simpson is coming out. Um, He's been coming here every year for over... 35 years and uh, this is really he's put a lot of his life here over those weekends and so he called me up there's no hesitation he's going to change planes and airports and charles is 83 he's still on the circuit still going strong and um, so we're going to have a men's meeting here at eight in the morning on saturday and then we'll have church here next Uh, Sunday at 930 so we've been trying to keep the services to around an hour but if if you can do up your game a little bit to get here earlier because I know some of you feel like well nothing really happens till you get here but (laughs) (laughs) but if you would try we'll do next week we're gonna meet at 930 be a great time of worship I expect the Holy Spirit to be with us I expect God to meet us I want to thank John Norton for putting a bug in me about Advent. It's put an anticipation in me that's come alive. I hope you have the same. Now let's sing with faith.
1: Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, when the sun is shining down on me, and the world is all as it should be blessed be your name hallelujah blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering with pain in the offering blessed be your name hallelujah every blessing you pour out i turn back to pray. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, "Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Your Lord. Blessed be Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Your name." Praise you, Lord. Blessing be the name of the Lord. Blessing be your glory. You give and take, Lord. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, bless it be. You give, Lord. Lord, you give and take away. To give and take away my heart will choose to say, Oh, blessed be your name! Blessed be the name of the Lord! Blessed be your name! Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord! Blessed be.
2: Thank you. Thank you, guys. Great job this morning. Thank you. Bo's going to lead us in a benediction.
0: Dear God, thank you for this day, and I pray that we all have a good week, and that thank you that we get to all come together and worship you, and that we get to go to such a wonderful church with such wonderful people, and I pray that You'd heal everyone that's sick. Amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Bo. Where's the Smith?